welcome to our first podcast. I, of course, run the channel Vagabond Chronicles, and I wanted to start a podcast because there's so many things I don't get to talk about in the movies, and one of the reasons, we'll get into this in a bit, but one of the reasons I created the channel is to share the world with you. And if you, the listener, the viewer, decide to travel, I want to give you some tips and some tricks that I've learned across decades of travel. Yes, decades of travel. I've been doing this for a while. But before we get into that, audio listeners, I'm just going to describe where I am. I'm sitting in a corner in a chair in an Airbnb because, as you probably have guessed, travel is my life. And there's a lot of different Airbnbs and hotels that I sit in and stay in, sometimes airports and airport lounges, plenty of content for the future. So next to me, I have my suitcase behind me. I have a little lamp. And yeah, so let's get into it. Uh, decades of travel. So long ago, I was born. And after, shortly after I was born, my parents, who were very young at the time, uh, they decided to move. So I'm this like three, two, th three weeks, maybe old human who had no idea what to do other than cry and poop. And I moved for the first time in my life. And after that, there was a couple of other moves. And like in the first couple of years of my life, I had moved multiple times. Now, in the first couple of years in a human life, that's when the brain is forming and a lot of neurological stuff is formed. So I like to think that my early childhood formed who I am later in life. As years progressed, you know, I obviously lived with my parents for a while. My parents moved around a bit. And then I quickly moved into university. And in university, I was moving around all of the time. I was taking road trips on the weekends with the different people I was dating. Whoa, this makes me sound weird. Um, <laughs> when I had a partner, we would take road trips on the weekends. We would ditch class sometimes in the mornings and go on hikes. And then as I got more into adult life, um, one of the things that I realized is I felt locked inside. So you can probably guess from my accent that I'm from North America. And one thing that I don't necessarily like about the North American work culture, especially many years ago, is that when you were young, you started off with two weeks of vacation, 10 days of vacation a year. If you were lucky, you got five sick, five, one, two, three, four, five sick days. And sometimes you were paid full-time for those, other times half-time. And then after that, you were just not paid. So at max, you could be out of the office three weeks until you hit like 10 or 15 years of seniority in a company. And then you got the elusive extra week of vacation. And for me, I'm just like, oh, it's all I knew. I did not like it though. So every weekend I was getting out, I was going somewhere. I moved a bunch within towns that I was living in because I got sick of living in one town. So I'm like, fine, I'll just drive an extra hour to work. It's cool. I'll go explore a new part of this place in North America that I'm in. So then shortly after, we're going to fast forward a bunch. After I had been traveling every weekend for a long time, a lot of this was solo because I didn't always have a partner to travel with. And a lot of my friends were having babies and other partners and they just had a life. So I'm, you know, traveling solo across North America. And then one day I got really sick of uh, being alone and traveling solo. 
So what I decided to do was go on Craigslist because that's what you do. Now, if you're not familiar with what Craigslist is or was, it was this platform where it was free form platform, kind of in a format that Wikipedia is just black and white text, very plain, very basic. And you could go on there and just request different things. So if you're looking for a flat to rent, go on Craigslist. If you're looking for a car to buy, you go on Craigslist. It was free to post an ad. It was free to reply to an ad. I found a bunch of different houses on there. I rented a bunch of different stuff on there sold things on there. I found a lot of different jobs on there. Um, one of the companies that I worked for actually in my career, I found on Craigslist. So it was this really cool platform in the, what was it like early to mid to, to like 2000 to 2010, maybe. I don't know. This podcast is all about me remembering and talking and not looking stuff up. So look it up or drop a comment and tell me whenever Craigslist was around. Cause that's when this story happened. So I'm on Craigslist one day and I'm like, I'm sick of traveling alone. I'm going to go find a partner. And I see in the uh, meet a friend section, you could meet a plutonic friend. You can meet a lover. You can meet a whatever. And I was like, you know what? I am down for anything. I am just going to go on Craigslist and reply to whatever. So I see this one posting by a woman and she was like, just moved into the area looking for hiking buddies and whatever. And it was posted in the women looking for women section. Okay, whatever. If this is where the love of my life is going to find me, let's go for it. But what I read in there was someone was looking for a hiking partner. Now I was creating my first backpacking trip ever alone. And I'm like, it's probably better if I bring someone else with me. So I messaged her and I'm like, hey, I am heading to the middle of the desert in a week, you wanna come with me. Within an hour, she replies back and is like, yes, I'm in, what do I need? I've never been backpacking before. And I'm like, well, what could go wrong with this? I was a very skilled, avid hiker, you know, give me a map and I can find my way around the forest. I had been in the desert multiple times doing car camping trips and, you know, overnight camping trips like that, but never really multiple days in the desert. And now here I am taking someone who mostly predominantly had a city life in their background and bringing them into one of the most intense climates in the world. So if you've never been to a desert, generally the temperature ranges double. So let's say it gets 30 degrees in the daytime, it likely will drop 30 degrees at night. So, you know, in the day, if it's 40 degrees, it could differ to being zero degrees at night. Like it's insane on the weather. You have to pack in certain ways. You have to hydrate in certain ways. And we were going to the desert in the middle of August. Now the middle of August, the highs, what were the highs? Around 50 degrees Celsius. So like 110 Fahrenheit. And the lows at night were dropping to around 50 degrees Fahrenheit, 10. 12 degrees Celsius. So quite a range of temperatures that we had to plan for. So I messaged her and I'm like, awesome. No worries. Let's get you prepared. Meet me at the hiking store and I can help you get everything at this time. So we exchanged numbers, had no idea what she looked like at this time. So I'm sitting in the area that we decided to uh, meet at 
and I see this woman come into the area. And this woman looked like it was her first time out of the house and off of the couch in a while. Now, I am super inclusive of all body sizes, of all body types. I'm a personal trainer, you know, in my spare time. I was excited to see that she was there, but I'm like, is this going to be your first time hiking in the desert? What did I get myself into? And I went into a mode of, oh no, I have to figure out now how to alter my trip to someone who may not actually, you know, have the endurance to walk even a kilometer without needing to take a break, much less walk a kilometer when it's 50 degrees Celsius outside and the sun is blasting down like UV 11, UV 12 on you. It's insane. So I, you know, go and finish looking at the backpacks and that sort of stuff and I take out my phone and I'm like, hey, are you here? And no response, no answer. And I look at the woman who's kind of in my area still, expecting her to take out her phone and read it because I thought that's who I was meeting. About 10 minutes later, my phone rings and it's like, sorry, I found a cute guy in the sleeping bag section. I have a sleeping bag and I'm just like, okay, this is awesome. The person I'm meeting likes dudes. So I know now that there's no romantic involvement at all that I have to worry about in the middle of the desert with this human. On top of that, she has a sleeping bag. Great. And you know, obviously it wasn't the person. So I end up meeting her and we greet, you know, she also was a personal trainer. So there was a lot of commonalities that we had. She was extremely fit. And so that was another perk on that. I didn't have to worry about her physical condition. I could just worry about keeping us alive, keeping us on the trail and reading the map, which is all I really had mental power for whenever I was meeting someone brand new, a stranger. So we got her all the backpacking gear that we needed. And then a couple of days later, we piled into my car and then we drove what, 10, 12 hours to our hiking destination, locked the car and we get in the car and we get on for our hike. Now we planned on being gone, I think three or four days. And we start off the first day, hike is going great, it's awesome. We make camp, we have a great campfire, we make some delicious food, we go to bed. I'm out like a baby. And apparently that night there was some sort of like wolves or something around our tent that were keeping her up. The next day we get up and we were kind of running low on water. Like we were packing um, about 10 liters of water each. So we had enough to, you know, carry us for a while. But as it happens, it, we got thirsty. So I'm looking on the map and I'm like, cool, it looks like there's this stream here and there looks like some rocks here and maybe some fresh water still running. So we go there, we fill our water bottles up and it was amazing. We just hang out in this creek for a while. The best water ever comes from a fresh running creek. Um, this I will also caveat that don't go out and do this unless you're an avid hiker. Like there are some water sources that have Giardia in them and that are not great to drink even though they look great. I've been hiking and camping and backpacking ever since I was, I couldn't form a sentence. Um, so I do have a little bit of experience in this. The other thing I will mention is that we also filtered the water because the person I was with really hadn't drink in water outside of a city filtered system before and I didn't want to kill her.
while my stomach may be okay with drinking a little bit more dirty water, hers wasn't. So we made sure that everything was either clean with a filter or with uh, boiling it. Um, okay, so continuing our hike, make camp for the next day, and we were gonna go the day after to go see this awesome thing. Well, a couple of weeks before we went into the desert, there was this massive rainstorm. Now, rainstorm in the middle of summer in the desert creates massive floods. And what happened with this is that there was a massive flood that went down the path that we were going to walk up. So the next morning when we start walking up the trail, there was just like all of this quicksand that we were falling into. The trail was really run out and I couldn't figure out where the different Karens were, where the different trail markers were. And there was a lot of massive overgrown bushes, you know, and we're already running a couple of days on low sleep. It was really hot. And so we're like, you know what, let's just turn around. It looked like we were around 20 kilometers from the car, from what I could tell on the map. I'm like, let's turn around, let's go back to the car, and let's see if we can just find a different trail to go on. We can just camp out of the car. We'll still be getting miles in. We'll still be seeing a bunch of stuff. So we're like, yeah, let's do that. So then we turn around and we're about halfway down into what I think is gonna be where the car is. And it turns out that I was wrong. So I kind of got a little bit twisted around on the map. I took us down a different fork in the riverbed because the trails, like I mentioned, were washed out. And we were down to about 250 milliliters of water. So it's like, I can show you, audio viewers, I'm bringing up my Nalgene bottle. This holds 100 milliliters. It's like at this very last line, not a lot of water. So it's, I don't know, like a centimeter of water in my Nalgene. Um, so down to basically no water. And we're just like, okay, we need to manifest a very hot human to come pick us up in a yellow Jeep and he's gonna have cold water in the back of this Jeep and he's gonna have some ice cubes and he's gonna be like, ladies, how about I just drive you to your car? You look lost and cute and stinky and tired. And so we're just laughing and we're manifesting this whole scene to keep us just engaged and entertained. Now, one thing I'll drop in um, kind of survival techniques for this, Whenever you're hot and whenever you're dehydrated and whenever your body's on empty, you really need to keep your brain active and engaged in the moment. Otherwise, you risk disassociating and starting to hallucinate, especially when you're in extreme climates. So whenever you're in extreme hot or in extreme cold. So we were, we both knew this and we were both were doing it intentionally. We were creating this world of we needed some help. An hour later, we were sitting down somewhere, and in the distance we hear this and we're like, is that a car? So I get up on the road, I'm like, you stay there, I'm gonna go see what this is. And then in the distance I see this yellow Jeep. I'm like, it's the Jeep, it's the Jeep. And my friend is like, Okay, yeah, are you okay? Well, what are you seeing? It's the Jeep. So we both get up and we wave the guy down. We're like, stop, stop. And he's like, how's it going? And we're like, 
where are you going? He's like, oh, I'm going back to the campsite. Why are you here? This is the middle of nowhere. And this is the worst trail you could be on hiking. And we're like, yeah, we know. I, I got us there. So we get in the back of his Jeep and he takes us to our car. And it was like a hour drive that we were in his Jeep for way longer than 10 kilometers. And after that, he just pulls off and goes somewhere else in the distance. And I'm like, this is awesome. Like we get out of the Jeep and me and my friend look at each other and we're like, was that an angel? Now I'm not super religious. She's not super religious, but there's just some magical things that happened with that trip. And it was just so cool. So we get back to the campsite you know, we set up the tent, we go to the nearest town, we grab so much food, so much water, grabbed a lot of beer, and we just sat around the campsite and drank beer and had the best night's sleep ever. So that's kind of one of the first experiences that I, that I had exploring. And I was like, you know what? There's so much that I can do traveling and stuff just works out. Sometimes just trusting the universe and exploring, even with a stranger, sometimes things just work out. Now, where was I going with this story? Um, right, a lifetime of travel. So yeah, all of that happened. And then after that, we started to even travel more, like every weekend we would leave, you know, Friday or a little bit early from work, head out into the mountains, head out into, you know, way deep in the desert, head out somewhere else. And we would just hike around and travel around. And then we started to add more people into our hiking group and it was fantastic. But then I decided that I wanted to see different parts of the world. My friends I was with decided they wanted to get married and have some babies and me wanting to travel more and them wanting to stay more at home and nurture children, it just didn't work out so well. So we started a Facebook account and kept in contact on Facebook. So I started to travel um, more and eventually, like I will go into more details on all of these throughout this podcast series. Eventually, um, fast forward about a decade, I ended up in Europe. And one thing I learned in Europe, um, I spent a couple of years working in Sweden. The first year I was working in Sweden, they my boss comes up to me at my desk one day and he's like, I see you've not booked your summer vacation yet. And I'm like, well, no, because everyone goes on vacation in the summer. So I'm just going to head out over in the winter, you know, take a week or two over Christmas break. And he's like, well, you can do that, but you must take vacation in the summer. And I'm like, why are you, you're not my parent. Why are you telling me what to do? In Sweden, there's this law, um, that, very, very good labor laws and working laws in Sweden. Um, but there, one of the laws is that employees must take, I think it's three or four weeks of vacation off continuous in the summer. They get six weeks of vacation year round, at least. And four of those must be taken in a continuous matter in the summer holidays. And your employer must give you that time. Otherwise the employer can get fined and the labor board can come in and it's not great. And I'm just like, a month of not working? What am I going to do with a month of not working? And he just stares at me and he's like, you're in Europe, go do something. And I'm just like, okay, I'll go do something. 
So it was the first time that summer that I had actually taken four weeks continuous off of work and not having work in my life for a month. Oh my God. So that is what skyrocketed me starting to explore and me starting to travel. Now, one of the first trips that I took, um, I'll, I'll give you a, a, a teaser of it because it helped every single travel that I took after that. What happened is that I went down to Spain and one of the things about Europe and about just like different cultures, different cultures handle time in a different way. And when you watch my videos, you'll hear me talk about time. Like I didn't know how they handle time. So I showed up X amount early. I didn't know how they handle time. So I did X. This is because different cultures handle time different ways. So um, in Spain, they handle time more in the after. And it's an event-based culture. So if I'm going to come see you, the viewer, for dinner, let's say, and maybe before that, I need to go to the bank and I need to go to the laundromat. What I'll say is, oh yeah, I'll show up after I go to the bank and go to the laundromat. My friend will be like, dinner, we're gonna start at eight o'clock. Awesome. Bank closes at seven, laundromat closes at five. It kind of makes sense. Now, after I go to the bank and after I go to the laundromat, maybe I get stuck on the train, maybe something else happens. Maybe I get to their house at nine o'clock. It's after I went to the bank and the laundromat, I appeared. Now, when I went to Spain the first time, I didn't realize that time was based in an event-based culture. I was going to try to pick up my rental car because I was staying in a really remote part of Spain. Probably not the best thing to do when you go to a new place is staying in a remote part, whatever. I did it. Um, so I'm waiting at the rental car counter to pick up my car. And I'm like, hi, I'm here for my car and here's my license and here's my whatever else and insurance and blah, blah, blah. And the person looks up at me and they start speaking in Spanish. Now I had a little bit of high school Spanish that I took, just two years. And I wasn't very good at it. I only took two years because I'm like, oh, this is not for me. I don't understand. I just didn't understand it. And I'm like, ooh. Maybe I should have brushed up on Spanish before I came here. I should have. So I reply back in English and I'm like, un poquito espanol. And they're just like, ah, okay. They're like, yeah, your car's not here yet. And I'm like, wait, but I booked it for three o'clock and it's three o'clock right now. And they're like, yeah, but the other person has to return it and then we have to inspect it and then we have to wash it. And it should be here around six o'clock. And I'm just like, but I booked it at three o'clock and they're like, yeah, we know. Sorry about that. And I'm like, do you have any other cars? No, you booked this car. So you just have to wait. And I was a little bit upset and sad because that was three hours of my exploration time. What was I going to do? So I sit there and I can't have a beer because I'm going to get in the car and drive. And Europe has extremely low alcohol tolerance rules. North America, you can have usually like one or two drinks and still get on the road, which is just dumb. Europe, you can have a smell of alcohol and it's suggested that you don't get on the road. So I'm sitting there, 
go to the bar anyway. And I'm just like, hola, agua con gas, por favor. And they're just like, un cerveza cero cero. And I'm like, what? what? You have alcohol-free beer? They're like, si, si. And I'm like, ah, oh, si. Dos. Dos cervezas cero cero, por favor. So I'm sitting there drinking my alcohol-free beer. And then my get a text on my phone, your car's ready. So I go walk up to the thing and it's around five o'clock. I'm like, hi. And they're like, the person came back early and we inspected it right away and it's super clean for you. Here's the keys. The gate is like go out door seven and take a right and go straight and you'll see the car right there waiting for you. Awesome. Gracias. Hasta luego. Walking up to the door seven, take a right walk a hundred meters and I'm like, where's my car? I don't see my car. I see a taxi stand. I see something else. Walk a little bit more, go on Google and I'm like rental car place. And the pin is like literally right where I'm standing. Could not find the car and I look for 30 minutes. So then I go back into the rental place. I'm like, what are you doing here? Go get your car and leave. We're closed in 10 minutes. And I'm like, donde esta mi coche? They're like, um, outdoor seven, take your right 100 meters. And here in my mind, I'm just like, I, I still hadn't connected. It was an event-based time system. It's also an event-based distance system. So I go out the door, I go walk, about 10 minutes. And at 10 minutes, I finally see the rental car lot that I was supposed to be in. I'm just like, you meant go walk a short distance. You didn't mean go walk 100 meters. So I go find my car, turn on my car, and I drive out. And then after that, I go to uh, Wikipedia and I start to Wikipedia up a little bit more stuff about Spain and about Spanish culture. But like the moral of both the story that, you know, with my first friend that I met on Craigslist and we got lost in the desert, got rescued from some random, I assume he was hot. It was the first person we saw in a couple of days, some random hot dude who had lots of water, lots of ice cubes in the desert to me actually finally getting a car in Spain without knowing much Spanish and without, you know, kind of being a noob, dumb North American tourist. Stuff always works out. One thing that you have to do when you travel is just chill. There's a lot of travel videos that I see online where people are freaking out and complaining about the different cultures and about, oh, the train's not here on time. Oh, it's so hot, the air conditioning broke. You know what, yep. Sometimes stuff just happens and it doesn't go to plan, but you just get used to it and you're like, well, that happened. That was an adventure. Travel is not easy, but you learn so much from travel. And there's nothing else in life, I think, that is more fulfilling than just understanding another culture, understanding another person, and sharing that experience of exploring, understanding, learning, and appreciating with another person or with a community, like this group is here on the internet. Um, so yeah, that is the first moral of the story. Nothing ever goes to plan, but it always works out.
Um, so yeah, with this podcast, we are going to start wrapping up our episode for today. New episodes will come out on a kind of regular basis because I have so many stories to tell you. Um, I think one of the first stories that I want to tell is what should we talk about next week? Jordan. We're going to talk about Jordan next week. Uh, Jordan has some really cool adventures and really cool stories that happened, uh, when I was there. Wait, maybe not next week. Um, maybe like, I don't know, whatever I decide to post these on. So in the future, be excited to hear about my adventure in Jordan. Um, and yeah, I have a whole list of other stuff that I want to talk about. If you want me to talk about anything specific, just drop it in the comments and I will, I will get to it. Um, there will be some times I do a reaction video of some of my other trips that I did. Some of the videos I do, I do a voiceover because it wasn't really a great time for me to be talking into my camera. Um, and I can give you the actual behind the scene on why it wasn't a great time to be in front of my camera then. Um, other times I may react to other videos. It'll all be audio based. So this is meant where you can just like pop it on in the car, listen to it in the background, go for a walk, hear some stories. Um, if there is any video, you'll get the, you'll get the audio translation of it anyway. And with that, thanks for listening to my first podcast. Drop comment. Let me know how you liked it. If you didn't like it, what you want to hear and put a like on it because that helps me drive uh, traffic to here. It tells the YouTube algorithm what is good and to send more followers my way. And when I get more followers, it also helps me do more travel adventures to share with you. So yeah, thank you. Bye.